to Big Nerdy Questions. And tonight we're going to get ridiculous with the Harry Potter world. You see, we've touched on Harry Potter a few times in B&Q, but for the first time, we are going to be focusing an entire episode on the boy who lived and his universe of fantastic beasts, where to find them. You see, tonight we're going to be discussing the particular powers in the Harry Potter universe, particularly the spells. If we had the chance to go to Hogwarts as exchange students, which spell would we most want to learn? We might choose a spell for practical reasons. We might choose one for less practical reasons. But we'll see what our panel of experts has in the store. And who are these experts? Well, tonight we have Ed. Hello, everyone. We have Colleen. Snowy in Seattle. And we have, for the first time, welcome Callie. Hiya from London. And if you're wondering, is that a London accent? No, it's not. She's American (laughs) in London, but not a werewolf. Uh. (laughs) That's a different franchise, Twilight, for another show. Hashtag Team Jacob. There you go. Uh. And we have no uh, sponsor tonight, uh, unfortunately, because Matt is not with us. He is actually fighting in the semifinals of the Quidditch World Cup, uh, but unfortunately he volunteered to be the human snitch, uh, so he is uh, in a very dire circumstances right now, so we wish him the very best of luck. Better a snitch than a quaffle. Yeah. That's true. That's that's what Josh P. is doing. He is the quaffle in the Quidditch tournament. Watch out for the bludgers. Mm. Sad, sad times. We will be hearing from them again in our next episode. But we do have a real sponsor still. Uh, I, I would like to point out Dragonfruit. Dragonfruit is the dating app made by Geeks for Geeks, available nation, or nationwide and worldwide for free on the Apple Store and on Google Play, uh, as well as dragonfruitapp.com. We had Ori on the show a few weeks ago talking about relationships in Star Wars, so you know this app is a good thing. So I encourage you all to try it risk-free and for free. They can't even take your money at dragonfruitapp.com. We do have a big nerdy recommendation tonight, and for that, I turn it over to Colleen. So my recommendation, it's a young adult novel called The Ugly Princess by Henderson Smith. Um, Essentially, it's about um, a princess who she has these magic powers. Uh, She can, like, you know, talk to birds. She can control the weather, etc. But the problem is that every time she uses her powers, she becomes slightly ugly. Like, the more time she uses it, the more ugly she becomes. So it's a very interesting story about, like, what is beauty and how people perceive it tied into your typical fairy tale princess princes, dragons, saving the world kind of thing. It's a very fun um, read, and I recommend everybody should check it out. The Ugly Princess by Henderson Smith, also available for free on Kindle. We like free. Yes, free is (laughs) Uh, good. So well done, Colleen. The Ugly Princess is our big nerdy recommendation, and of course it makes sense to have a magic-type story since we're delving into the Potter world. And uh, before we get into our meat of the question, uh, Callie... Uh, living in the UK for the past few months, I believe you've had a chance to actually see some of the real deal of Harry Potter in the UK. And, and well, So what have you been doing over there in regards to Harry Potter? So the summer when I first got here, uh, my wife and I went to see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child with, um, oh. on its final day of preview. Got second row seats to that. So absolutely brilliant show. Um, great effects. Music by Imogene Heap. Um, if you remember her work back in the 2000s. So that was great. That was a great place to go. Um, great, great place to see. Uh, last week, we went to the Warner Brothers Studios tour for Harry Potter. So they retain um, a good majority of the sets and props. Um, so you could see things like Dumbledore's office. You could see the scale of Hogwarts all the way around. Um, you could see the Goblet of Fire, which is like actually like taller than me if you include the base um and just uh the night bus you can order butterbeer um all kinds of crazy and wonderful things and hopefully when we get back to the u.s they've made some expansions with um the orlando studios which we actually did a honeymoon at on the harry potter park at orlando studios so we'll get to go back and see diagon alley next time we come back 
Can I can I just say how jealous I am that you got to see that play? I mean, I really want to see that play. Well, I've heard rumors that it could be coming to Broadway in 2017 or 2018. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure they worked out a deal with Hamilton, and they just it just said, you know, if they bring Hamilton here, we'll send Harry Potter there. So um, I think oh, it will be in New York pretty soon. I love. Yeah. <laughs> Who says we don't have the special relationship anymore? I know, I know, but yeah. Um, they're going to give us Harry Potter, and we're going to shove the American Revolution down their throats. Yay. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're equivalent, you know, uprising. Yeah, never forget. <laughs> to be fair, the last American show we sent them that was a great big hit on the West End was Jerry Springer, the musical, and I'm not making that up. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's still, I believe it's still running on the West End. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. I wish it wasn't, but it is. But, oh. of course, on the Maury musical, one member of the studio audience will be picked at random for a paternity test. I was thinking about going somewhere with Maury Povich, but you beat me to it. <laughs> As did most of the contestants on that show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so thank you. So we, Callie has been immersed in the Potterverse uh, for, for a couple of months while in the U.K., and Colleen and Ed, as you well know, B&Q loyal fans, are our two biggest Potter uh, fans in the B&Q lineup. So we have a great lineup for this particular question, uh, which I'll segue into right now. As you well know, the Harry Potter universe is characterized by a hell of a lot of amazing things. Uh, wonder, it's an amazingly detailed universe. We have a big, long span of time in the lore, great characters. But a lot of the fascination with the Harry Potter universe becomes from the the whimsy, the usefulness, and sometimes the fear that the spells can bring up. I have, you know, read the books, seen the movies, and I've also played a few games with Harry Potter, and you, you, when you get to use some of the spells, it's uh, quite fun. But, of course, that begs the question of which spell you'd most want to learn at Hogwarts. So there are the ground rules for this discussion. You cannot pick multiple spells. I mean, we're going to discuss multiple spells, but in the end, at the very end when we pick our spell, we're going to only pick one. Um, the spell can be any spell that anyone at Hogwarts ought to be able to learn. So it can't be a spell that is only doable if you have a certain genetic predisposition. It could be. It should be a spell that anyone in the through the seven years at Hogwarts should be able to at least learn. Not necessarily master should be at least able to learn. Uh, oh, man! That's discrimination against parcel mouth. She's right. Yes, yeah. it is. And I'm okay with it. Oh. <laughs> You're okay with it. <sighs> I'm kidding. I'm not okay with it. But if you, we can bring out parcel mouth if you want to, but I'm trying to make it fair and equitable. Beyond that, it's fair game to do whatever spells you want to do. What we're going to do is, like with previous episodes, we're all going to go in turn and introduce spells throughout this episode, and then at the end we will pick our favorite, which one we will have with our diploma, on our, our transcript, I should say, when we go back the normal world from Hogwarts. So, Colleen, I am going to let you open up the floor. What is the first spell you'd like to propose to our group? Apparate. Because mm. <laughs> I was like, I like the idea of just being able to be like, you know what? Screw you, airplanes. I'm just going to go, bam, and then I'm Australia. <laughs> so we are going to briefly summarize what each spell is for our listeners who know Harry Potter but don't know it well enough to know what the spells mean. So briefly, what does Apparate do? Makes you disappear and reappear wherever the hell you want, kind of. Within, within limitations. Yeah, within limitations, and you might accidentally splice yourself and leave part of you behind, but whatever. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's like transporters in Star Trek. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, and the key is though you have to fix you know, like your destination firmly in your mind, or you could end up like anywhere, or even in the space between spaces. <laughs> so if your mind isn't focused and you're thinking of like multiple places, then you're going to end up with like your arms in Canada, but your body in South Africa, or God knows where. Essentially, that's not good. But, assuming everything goes to plan, it would be a really awesome way to travel. If everyone learned it, we would have no more traffic. Yeah, but there's like a there's an age limit on it, right? Uh, you had to get a like sp a special permission from, I think, the Ministry of Magic. You had to almost apply for it, like a driver's license. Yeah, you and had you, to get I, the test, and then you get a license. And, uh... 
as I was brushing up for this episode, one of the things I've read that the further the distance, the more uh, difficult it is to do, and only like master class people can go like the distance of a continent. Anybody else, it would be like very dangerous to do. Right. Yeah. And don't you have to be able to properly visualize where you're going? So yes. you're less likely to be able to operate somewhere that you've never been before. Uh, yes. So it should be somewhere that you've been before. Or it, it's, someplace you've seen in a really nice postcard. That's true. I know this is a bit off uh, top. Well, it kind of relates, but they really use that spell a lot in Fantastic Beasts. I mean, a lot. It looks cool, but it's very dangerous. In New York, you kind of have to. I mean, can you imagine getting around New York in the 20s? New York now? Well, that's how do you think the Death Eaters pop in and out of places? You're right. So what I'm thinking here with Apparate is... Even someone who's a novice at it, and correct me if I'm wrong, could easily get to say 30 miles or less you can need to get from your house to your job. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. So every day you could commute to work instantaneously or commute to school instantaneously. Yeah. That's worth it right there. What if you wanted to go shopping but you don't want to have to, like, deal with traffic? Bam! You're at the mall. Well, of course, that implies you have to be able to carry everything you've shopped home with you. Okay, yeah, but that's a whole other spell that I actually have on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I have thought this out. <laughs> yeah, um, another another issue with apparition, and it's temporary, but when you first learn it, people tend to get sick when oh, they yeah. do it because it well, it just makes you vomit. Well, that seems to be and, a staple of, like, wizard travel, <laughs> no matter what you do. True, flu power kind of has the same effect. But um, I think there will be some people that would never be able to do it because they would always get motion sickness, really, if they tried to apparate. But you can still learn the spell, and that's the point. You can learn it. Is it really a spell? That's the thing I was trying to figure out. Is it really a spell? Because they have spells, and then there's charms, and there's jinxes, and there's curses. So there's, like, subcategories of, like, spells. A transfiguration is kind of different. So I was like, what does apparate fall under? I think for I the think purpose I- of this episode, we're going to allow all of the above. Okay. Yeah. Because but technically, you're right to say yeah, there are different kinds. You know what I mean? Because like, but the spell, I think you just have to say something. At least it has to be kind of audible to me or whatever. He's like, please. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Like it's it's usual, but you don't have to say anything. Like Snape and Dumbledore had. There are several instances where they um, had silent spells. They learn how to like they can they can uh, have a nonverbal spells, but they're still mm-hmm. you're still channeling that whatever power. Um, right. But so I was kind of figuring, trying to figure out, like, but that's just feel like really hard to do, and I don't think apparate falls under that because then otherwise, do you, why do you have a bunch of teenagers who are able to apparate but then can't do nonverbal spells? I don't know. True. Um, based like what I could tell, like spells <laughs> are just the general, like the overarching thing of magic. Like it's a magical action. Period. Um, I I, w- I would categorize um, apparition under charms because you're it's about you're affecting the movement of an object, which is I don't know charms seem seem to affect behavior versus the actual item changing the item itself. I, I would classify it as a as a charm, but I think it counts. Absolutely, it does. So unless we have anything further on apparate, since we're going to cover some, a lot of spells in this episode, I'll turn it over to Ed next. Ed, what is your first spell? Well, my first spell was Colleen's first, so I'll pick something <laughs> else. Uh, okay, I think I think a very useful one that I would love to learn is uh, forgive me, it's been so long since I've seen the movie Axio, where oh, you, you say where you say the the spell and you just okay, I want my TV remote, and then it comes to you, and it can be uh, used at great distances, like when Harry was at the um, Triwizard Tournament and his broom came to him. I think it would be a very useful spell. Let's imagine for a moment that you don't actually know where your car keys are. Axio keys. Boom, right there. Hell yeah, and if I want coffee, you know, Axio coffee. Well, it w- <laughs> you might want the mug with it, too. Yeah, yeah that's the point. <laughs> just going to get a scalding pot of coffee in the face. That's not good. <laughs> you would see just, the uh, magic yeah. McDonald's for giving you the, the coffee without the pot. I, I was kind of going with, you know... Uh, applicable everyday spells for the first round of this yeah. uh, and that's why i thought apparate was really cool and why mm-hmm. axio is really cool i'll get into the nonsensical ones later it, yeah, yeah axio makes sense because like you said if you're missing something you need it uh if you're too lazy to go pick up a package that just was delivered by amazon prime well, and axio I don't, package I don't, we have drones for that now hey axio remote like yeah 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if there was any kind of uh, restriction or limitation that said you had to know precisely where the object was at that time. No, there's no limitation on it. Then, like, if that's the case, like, how come Harry's firebolt came to him, not like all the firebolts? Maybe he was picturing his in his mind. I, I don't really know yeah. how that works. You, like, you know, act your broom and you get like beamed by all the damn brooms out there. <laughs> True. Okay, True. I have a dumb so, question. Could you use that? Accio to commit robbery? Technically, I, yes. Hermione technically did it because she stole books out of Dumbledore's office in the last or the next to last book. Unless there's like a spell or a hex protecting against it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you couldn't just be like Accio, everything in Gringotts vault, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, the dog was smarter. Wait than a that. second. All these years later, now we figured out how they got the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, take this. Yeah. I'd like that, please. Um, to follow up on something Ed said, because I also picked Accio as my first um, most practical spell. Um, he said, do you have to know where it is and why didn't everything um, come at you at once? And part of it is you have to hold the image in your mind of what you want. So if he was focused on his specific broom, then that one came. If he focused on everybody's room, then yeah, he probably would end up with a pile of sticks on top of them, crumpet style. And if I was focused on a specific cup of coffee, then that would come. <laughs> I need a, yes. a peppermint mocha latte from Starbucks now. Okay, got it. <laughs> Can you use Accio to bring a person to you? Ooh, I think it just was spe- specifically objects. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can. I mean, like Accio George Lucas, and we're going to talk about the prequels. Ooh, I think Harry tried to use Accio ha- Hagrid, and it didn't work. I think it's limited to inanimate objects. Well, so, I mean, so not animals and not people. Oh my God! Yeah, I can see that would Accio yeah. You can do small animals. You can do small animals. Accio Buckbeak. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh yeah, know. you have like your it's stuffed Buckbeak. That'd be great. Accio Pikachu. Ooh, Pokemon. Not yeah. nice. Holiday Pikachu. Very specific. Oh, somebody's playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Westminster Abbey, I'm sure, is a nice Pokemon stop. Oh, there are so many Pokemon stops around here. I bet uh, so. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, why, um, it is super expensive to have data a data plan internationally, so we have like 2G speeds for everything. Accio but, data. <laughs> I don't know that data works the same of course, way, but okay. Brent Spiner shows up when you do that. I was about to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had. I, it's actually data. If you're gonna do it the British way, it has to be data. 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 Yeah, I got I got cracked on at work every day for saying data the wrong way. Matt's a data. Uh, well, see, you were just informing them. No, 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 no. Actually, guys, sorry. You just have to tell you this. Week. You guys are pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is American English. Marka. Moving on. Callie, what's your next spell pick? So Ed took my <laughs> my top pick. So I guess I'll go the next practice, because I had a kind of an honorable mention of practical use. And it would definitely be any kind of cleaning spell. Um, I am notoriously junky and like to leave my crap <laughs> everywhere. So, yeah, like just packing my bags. I would love to pack particularly since I've been traveling, just send all of my clothes to the suitcase, um, have everything wrapped up nice and neat, and not have to worry about it. It's called pack. (laughs) Yeah, it is literally called pack. Yeah. I I guess that would be my my practical choice if I couldn't have um, Accio um, or Apparate. Pack makes sense. It makes things a little bit quicker. Now, does pack work to clean up a room as well, like... Hey, make um, this room look nice. No. No, you. I couldn't find the spell, but I know there's one from, um, what is it, from Half-Blood Prince where Will Dumbledore and Slughorn put this yeah, muggle's house back together. But I don't uh, know yeah. what the actual name of that spell is. is it a, I, I would love that spell. Is like, it a variant of Guardian Leviosa? I don't, I don't think know, so. I don't I think know. so. I don't think so. It would be a variant. I think it would be a variant of Pack more so than, or some, like, cleaning spell but i can't find them i feel like they're all done by molly weasley she would be the master of, of cleaning spells and knitting sweaters oh yeah yeah there's a spell right there knit sweaters well you can use your superman powers to probably do that yeah i mean he is the ultimate knitter as we've established on this show 
Yeah. <laughs> Super sewing powers activate. Yeah. He's a great um, singer, but not the kind you think. Hey. Oh, my, oh god. my god. Really, Josh? Oh, my god. Sewing machine <sighs> pun. Nice. Yeah. Oh. I was about to say, oh, I, I think, I think that physically I, hurt me. I think after this season is over, we need to go back and review every time you elicit groans from the uh, from the panel with your puns and have a counter. Do a groan super cut? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we should do it like a CinemaSin style. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Infinity and beyond. Every bad pun that Josh has made in B&Q season one. It would be um, the longest episode we've ever released. Probably. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I made our special guests from X-Men, Eric and Julia, and Rick, and Ori, and Steven, all of our special guests have groaned at least once. <laughs> I have a streak going. I have to keep it up. You've got a reputation. Do you, though? Do you, though? It's part of the charm of the show, or, or the torture, Oh, you, you you had a pun right there, and you, you just totally missed it. I, I did, didn't I? Oh, oh. <laughs> you lost your streak, so you're done. You're done. Oh. I am more deflated than if I'd used a spell to deflate myself. Okay. So, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, and I uh, many face palms later. And for and I will go ahead and introduce my uh, first choice, and I'll see what you guys think about it. I was thinking about for civil engineering purposes. What if you had Glissio turning okay. stairs into ramps? Mm-hmm. So my thought is, I as you all know, as on the show, I work with historical objects, and sometimes I go to historic sites and. I've always thought in the back of my head one of the one of the saddest things is a lot of these old historic sites, for no fault of their own, have a lot of stairs, which means people who can't get upstairs, who are in you know wheelchairs and things like that, don't have access to these wonderful historical spots. You could use Glissio and create a safe. How would they get up the, the ramp? Yeah. So yeah, I would like to make a caveat to that instead of a ramp, something that turns into an escalator. Because today I had, you know, two months, three months worth of luggage that I had to lug upstairs in the underground because there were no elevators, no escalators. So I, I would appreciate that spell, but maybe just make it turn into an escalator instead of a, instead of a stair, or slide. Some of those staircases are quite steep, and if you turn it into a ramp, no one's getting up it. <laughs> Couldn't you change the ramp's uh, slope, though? You'd have to change the... Stairs. I don't have no damn clue. All I know is that it turns stairs into into like not stairs. Yeah, I don't know if it changes the actual structure of it beyond that. Ah. Yeah. Okay, you you found the flaw in my plan. Although (laughs) it would be a lot of fun to be at the top of the stairs and then go down it. Yes. Yeah, that would make childhood so much. Could you imagine if they turned the stairs in like the Cape Hatteras lighthouse into a ramp that you could slide down? Holy crap! That would be awesome. For those of you who don't know, I mean, it's a lighthouse, so it's like spiral staircase. But it's also the tallest lighthouse on the eastern U- U.S. coast. Oh, my God. It'd be awesome. It'd be like, so, wee, yeah. wee, You have to wear helmet goggles before you attempt that. <laughs> you like the Geico pig. Just so happy. Yeah. Make sure you have your cushion charm ready for you. <laughs> so that was my first one, which clearly, in a structural engineering way, does not work. Thanks, Colleen. But, yeah, you're welcome, but for theme parks and general fun, hell yeah. Okay, I'll take it then. I'll take it. So let's get some more general fun. Colleen, what's your next pick? Um, oh, yes. Seamus' Seamus's spell to turn water into rum. Yes. Yes! Um. Hell yeah, except mine would be like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, it didn't work out so well for him, and it blew up in his face, but if you can get it to work, that's like, that's amazing. Can you change, can you change the incantation to be like, the power of Christ compels you, and then it turns water into wine? <laughs> but I went Can you turn uh, water into anything else? Well, I think it's like a general spell. It's like turning water into any type of alcoholic beverage that you want. That would be amazing. So I choose Robitussin. (laughs) You know, I've noticed that uh, Colleen has needed coffee about three separate times today. I think she (laughs) needs to go get a cup. Well, Uh, the snow creates sleepiness, I'm sure. Guys, where do I live? I live in Seattle. It's like the coffee capital of the world. I'm sure that's Columbia, but it's the Starbucks capital of the world. 
No, it's coffee is everywhere. I mean, yes, Starbucks is everywhere, but there are tons of coffee shops out here. Trust me, I am in heaven. She is in the headquarters of the real Magic Bean. It is awesome here. So, I mean, it's the real Hogwarts, if we're honest. I mean, the Space Needle, you can't tell me that's not a magic structure in some way. It's a spaceship. But, hey, as far as, like, turning water into X, like, as far as whatever drink, because, you know, water's kind of boring. You're like, eh, I want something that has a bit more kick to it or tastes like something. And then, bam, you know, rum or coffee or beer. So, you know, or, hey, maybe you want a mojito. There you go. It makes I everything have- better. I honestly thought about putting that spell on my list. I looked at it earlier. <laughs> it's a good one. But, of course, we and here at B&Q do not endorse uh, overconsumption of magically altered uh, alcoholic beverages. Yeah. But you do whatever you want to do. You know, we're not here to judge. Butterbeer, and that's pretty much the extent of what is... Well, Butterbeer is not alcoholic. No, it's but, not. It depends. You can I, make it alcoholic. You could, you could make water alcoholic, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, actually, I would have went with Seamus and tried to turn it into rum because I'm that guy. But anyway. <laughs> so, Ed, you're that guy with rum, but what's what is your next spell? Okay, I'm going to go a bit uh, uh, for the laughter fa- fact on this one. Okay, uh, this one is called Mimble Wimble, known as the tongue-tying curse. A curse that prevents certain information from being revealed by the individual whose spell, who the spell is cast on. It causes the tongue to temporarily curl backwards upon itself. So the implications of that in a practical jokes uh, manner are just limitless. Say you don't want your friend to be able to say the word A. You could just or, or or their own name or whatever. The uh, you you cast that on them, and every time they attempt to say the word or phrase or whatever it is, their tongue will physically not allow them to use it. I wonder though, would something like Veritaserum like like counter that? Because I'm just thinking, what if for legal purposes you had that put on you, and so you so that like you're like you know they're like okay, I don't want you to talk about X. You know, and then you're on the stand, and they're, you know, attorneys are asking you questions, and you can't respond to it. Would Veritasera over overcome that? I don't know. Maybe your tongue would just rip itself apart in the in the trying to say. It. Uh, I'm sure that it would probably work as a counter spell. On the grounds that my tongue will explode, I plead the fifth. I don't. I just thought it was a really interesting one, and uh, like for instance. Uh, me and Josh are having a Secret Santa thing with a group of our friends, and we have this one friend who every year he tries to find out who drew his name by asking everybody questions. If you use Mimble Wimble on him, he couldn't even ask those questions or have people answer them in turn or whatever, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's a good opportunity to make someone look like an idiot, too, if they had, like, you know, trying to answer questions in class or, you know, trying to give a speech or anything. Yeah. What's two plus two? Mimble Wimble. <laughs> yes, that was four grunts. I just think it's interesting how the Wizarding World uses Expecto Patronum as kind of like a nine one one call or email. Well, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it can be it can be used as a, a form of messenger. I, that's what I was you know reading up. <laughs> so if you if you don't if you're too lazy to go you know pick up your phone or use Accio to get your phone, you just send your send your Patronus to your friend. Oh, the messenger of the wizarding world. Quick, quick like a bunny, go, you know. Oh, my God. What if, like, your Protonus was, like, the Flash? (laughs) (laughs) According to Pottermore, mine was some kind of bird. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, mine was, like, a black bird. I think that was mine, too. Mine's Boba Fett. Yeah! Why? Why the hell not? Because Boba Fett's the most overrated character in Star Wars. Uh, that's a whole nother debate. I think we've stumbled on another B&Q for next season. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. He, he really is, though. I actually have an explanation okay. that's a re- relevant to Harry Potter for Boba Fett. Now, Colleen, why would you pick Boba Fett as your Patronus? That requires an explanation. <laughs> okay, well, if, for those of you who haven't seen it, you need to. Google it. It's on YouTube. It's a Harry Potter musical. And uh, part of that, they have like their own, they have like a Triwizard Cup tournament that they, they're making fun of from the actual book series. 
And there's a part where everybody calls out, you know, the name of, like, go, Expecto Patronum. And then, you know, their Patronuses float across the stage. You know, one is a stag. One is uh, the genie from Aladdin. And another is Boba Fett. I can see that. So there's a, it's, it's a bit of an obscure, obscure reference, but it's also a really good excuse to go Google and watch a very Potter musical. It's, it's hilarious, and it's, it's done very well. They make fun of um, – it's, it's an homage to the Harry Potter series. It's really good. My Patronus is the grizzly bear in the YouTube video Bears That Act Like People. I thought you were going to say the one from The Revenant for a moment. No, 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 no. This grizzly bear sits down. And he waves to everyone that comes into the park where he lives. Ah. That's what he does. <laughs> Mine would He's be Yogi Bear. He's the most friendly bear in the world. <laughs> Just barely. Oh! oh! God! She's one of us. Yes! Callie, you've earned the right to introduce another spell. What's your choice? Oh, okay. Um, so this one's kind of selfish. Um, I'm a coder by day, so I thought this would be really handy. It's called the um, Protean Charm, where you can make copies of or make changes to certain things and make copies of it. So it'd be nice if I could, instead of having like to deploy code, I could just make copies of my scripts and have them deployed to servers wherever I go. I figure I can make a, a magical use of technology. Um, I think uh, Hermione used this in like um, in the Deathly Hallows where they had the coins and she would send message, basically send messages um, to, yeah. to people or maybe, maybe actually it might've been, um, before that, but they would so just send messages by making changes. The, um, the Order of the Phoenix, remember when they came up with their Dumbledore's Army Club? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, had the fake uh, galleons that uh, this, the people had. So it creates it, copies yeah. of an object. It, well, any changes you make to the object get um, um, get pushed to the to the other object. So, if, so for instance, we all had quarters, and I changed... Um, if I drew a duck on George Washington's face on mine, then yours would show up with a duck on George Washington's face and within a matter of moments. That's the best kind of duck face I've ever heard of. <laughs> and that, But it's different, though, from the, what is it, the Jimino Gim, or however the hell it's pronounced, the Jimino Jinx. Right, yeah. Yes. It's, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's not a duplication. It's just you track changes, basically. It's like GitHub for real life. Nice. <laughs> that would make your life a hell of a lot easier. Yeah. I think so. I think so. That's a good. That's, that's an inspired pick. Thanks. I try. Well done. I try. My my next pick is is um to make the best practical jokes in the history of humanity. Flagrate allows users to write on anything. So I would write things on landmarks, temporary things, but like random weird spell or random weird phrases or puns or I don't know. So this end it's, up. it's a graffiti charm. Basically, yeah, basically. It's, it's sidewalk chalk. Yeah, it's a graffiti charm, but I'd use it on like Mount Rushmore, the Statue of Liberty, Westminster Abbey. I'd take it away, but why not? This is where you would need to know how to apparate directly after doing that because then you'd end up in wizard jail. <laughs> I would just use a pisky to make sure I healed all the injuries that I got from people throwing rocks at me. <sighs> you bugger! That's a very interesting spell, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, why somebody came up with it. What were they trying to write on that they couldn't? And they were like, you know what? F- it. I need a spell. <laughs> it was Fred. And, it was Fred and George. I can almost. <laughs> I mean, I probably wouldn't use it. I honestly, I mean, that was just a joke. When my my real choice is uh, Geminio uh, for duplicating an object, and the reason is, I'm not sure if it would work this way. But I think I would try to use Geminio to try to call, uh, cure world hunger. Mm-hmm. Like, I would take, like, I know it's hackneyed to say loaves and fishes, but something along those lines, probably more like rice, beans, vegetables, and just duplicate it enough, and then use Apparate to take them to everywhere in the world that needs it, or just send them everywhere. And, uh, yeah, you could actually use that to cure world hunger if you distribute it to the right places. At least that's what I would... Who knows well, if it would work, okay. but I would try. Then, then you might pose a very, very funny problem. So uh, Jim and only lasts a few hours. So let's say and they poop it out, disappear because the charm is worn off, and you also get rid of waste at the same time. That might work, but then, then would you also lose the nutrients that you got from the food in the first place? That's, an, that's the other thing, how, how far down this is go. 
Or does it fundamentally become a part of the human body and therefore the nutrients and therefore it doesn't transform back? I don't know. Using it for like criminal activity for like, hey, I'm going to take this really expensive Gucci bag, for example, and I'm going to make this, you know, copy of it and sell it and then it can disappear. <laughs> well, you could use it to destroy the diamond industry, for example. You could just make diamonds and just give them to people and then you destroy a blood diamond monopoly. So it's kind of like it's like inflation, essentially. Yeah, you overflood the market. This would be an economist's worst nightmare because it takes away in supply and demand uh, temporarily. Temporarily. Oh yeah, you, could, you know you could just hey, keep doing it over and over again. So they could like you could like make copies of all that that the Hachiman, you know, thing that's the biggest you know holiday craze right now. Those little eggs <laughs> yeah. that. Act. Yeah. Could you imagine using that spell to make a Christmas gift? Only to want last long enough to be unwrapped, and then like halfway through Christmas, it disappears. That's like the worst <laughs> joke ever to play on your kid. I just thought it would really—it just occurred to me that in some cases it would really suck to be a wizard kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if your toy had like you know you can just see like your siblings like placing like charms on your toy to make it disappear or, or to come to life when it's not supposed to? I mean, oh my God, can you talk about like nightmares? Oh God. <laughs> Do you have the power in Harry Potter lore to imbue your toys with life? Like, can can you do, like, a, a, a golem, essentially, and create, like, a Pinocchio kind of creature? Or is that beyond the You know, scope? I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't encountered that in anything I've read in, in Harry Potter. The closest thing that I can think of would be the Inferi, but that's a little different. Mm, mm. I'm yeah. coming up short here. Listeners, uh, this is the time for you to chime in. If you Do you think that you could do a Chucky doll in the Harry Potter universe? Could you give a doll or a toy life and not just make it move, but actually give it sentience in the Harry Potter universe? Let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear that's, from you. That's a movie called The Indian in the Cupboard. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's been done a lot of other places, but could you do it in the Potterverse? But that would be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have that in the Bartimaeus trilogy, and there are wizards involved in that, but they're they're called magicians. It's a bit, but it's a bit different. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not coming up with anything for Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have it either. So to, I'd love to love to hear it. To give something, the closest thing I can think of is the chess pieces in the first book. Yeah, seeming you're real right. for a small short period of time, but I don't know if they're really alive. It's some I assume it's just some kind of transfiguration. Yeah. So where does the boundary between transfiguration end and sentience begin? Ooh, Let's talk Westworld then. And uh, <laughs> and Hogwarts. Uh, short answer: No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, seriously. Like they're teaching kids how to do magic, but they don't ever teach them really how to be responsible with that magic. Just want to point that out. So I think we, the hashtag Wizard World Problems is going to be <laughs> our hashtag for the episode. I would say. <laughs> Although, if we're going for the loaves and fishes, we might have Wizard, wizard Jesus. <laughs> Either way, uh, we have some good stuff here. Uh, we're going to do one more round with the all of us introducing a spell, and then we will pick our spell that wins. Uh, so, Colleen, what is your last spell you want to bring to the table? Flying. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> like, room, like, he can fly... Snake face can fly. Voldemort. I like totally blinked on his name for <laughs> two seconds. Uh, so yes, I would love to be able to fly. Let's would you fly a- with a broom, or would you try to fly without one? No, 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 without a broom. We're talking about without the broom. So just flying on your own. Hell yeah! Like I said, Snake was able to do it. Voldemort could do it. Now, okay, I have a question for you. If you had the fly power as well as apparate, which would you use to get around in, in local travel? Depends on what, I mean, uh, quite frankly, if it was raining outside, I'm not flying. You <laughs> know is, what I mean? Which is like, like 90% of your days. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I feel. Do I really want to go for a fly or do I just want to like get there super fast? Because flying's going to take more time than apparating would. Yeah. But it still would be awesome yeah. in places. But you would also have to worry about your hair because there's no way you're in the same place while you fly around places. I mean, yeah, it's true. I guess on one hand, you want to worry about splicing myself and losing a limb, or do I worry about, like, you know, I don't know, getting, like, hit by a bird? Well, you'd have to probably clear it with the FAA, depending on how high you went. Ha! They have to catch me first. We got an unidentified flying wizard. Unidentified flying wizard in Sector 444. 
Well, hey, you know what? If I fly and I put a disillusionment charm on myself, they can't see me. That's that's brilliant. So, there you go. That is your next strategy, then. Ed, would you fly? Uh, it wouldn't be my choice. Well, yeah, uh, I'd like to fly. But uh, Apparition's still pretty cool, too. So what's, what is your last spell that you want to introduce? Well, uh, and this just goes back to practicality, and I know I would want it and would want to use it. Uh, the primary version, and I guess any of the subsequent uh, alternate versions, uh, Reparo, or, or Reparo. Oh, yeah, whatever. that's a good one. Uh, it's, it's probably, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it the first actual spell used in the series, like when Hermione fixed Harry's glasses? Anybody contradict if you, me? I think so. Um, unless you... Um, Intentionally, yes. Yes. Unintentionally. Not, not, not his parcel tongue with the snake in the zoo, but yeah, anyway. Well, what about if you go back farther than that from when Harry was a baby? Well, oh, yeah, no. you're right. But then there'd be a whole slew of technical... Well, uh, well McGonagall trans, you know, and her little cat. Yeah, thing. you're right, you're right. But the first one that was actually yeah. spoken out loud... It's probably the first spell we know. But just for any of the uses... It, you know, and I don't know, I couldn't find, and I, well, obviously, I didn't search very hard, but what limitations are placed on it, like, how effective it can be, but, I mean, just to I mean, I wear glasses, Josh, you wear glasses, if they get cracked, that's very useful. Uh, if you can do automotive repairs, I don't know what kind of limits it has on it, but, I mean, if there's a, a busted radiator hose, Reparo, and then, you but know, you don't, you don't have a coolant leak anymore. You drop your cell phone and the screen cracks. Exactly. Uh, there are so many uses for it, just in your daily life, around the house, at work, whatever. I think it would be hugely beneficial. I gotta say, you're right. I mean, the Reparo, it might be the most versatile spell. At least if you go, if you think about day to day life in our Muggle world, Reparo would actually be quite convenient. Oh and look, was, a light just a light just went out on my Christmas tree. Reparo, you know that's. It would <laughs> save you a lot of money too. Because if yes. something was broken really badly, you wouldn't have to either pay a repairman or pay for a replacement. I mean, imagine using it on your car. Yep. Oh, my God. But wouldn't that put all, like, the wizard plumbers and the wizard automotive technicians out of work? That spell could, like, destroy the economy. Hashtag wizard union. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm a magic teamster. <laughs> and uh, this is not acceptable. That's what happened to Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa actually operated somewhere. Jimmy Hoffa apparated into the the uh, be, the nether world. <laughs> yes, repeal reparo hashtag. <laughs> uh, well done, Colleen. <laughs> uh, Callie, what's your last spell? Um, slightly torn. Um, Colleen mentioned it a minute ago. The disillusionment charm was was one of the things on my list, but I I think I'm gonna go with the hour the hour reversal charm, um, mm. which is the sp main spell used for the time turners. Uh, you can go back in time up to five hours, supposedly, just because things get kind of unstable. Um, but I, I choose that because I tend to make a lot of mistakes, um, and I would like the option to go back and uh, and and do things over um, here and then. I think I, the yeah. my biggest problem would be is I'd become obsessive with it, and I'd be like 90 years old and and 25 because I've gone my body hasn't has gone grown further than the actual time um, has passed. But I think it'd be pretty neat to go back and just fix things or get a better deal because you realize you missed a coupon code when you're buying a, a nerdy sweater somewhere. Um, but yeah, definitely the hour reversal spell. Yeah, yeah so like, ground, Groundhog Day endlessly. Yeah, like in that movie, he lives the same day pretty much. for 10 years. So can we go back and use that on November 8th over and over again until the result changes? Ooh, I don't, it's, I don't know, because I was across I the pond for that, so it didn't hit me as hard. Because it's just you, you know? Oh, it'll hit you when you get back. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I'm just thinking, like, could you, you could go back five hours and, like, on Twitter, I am from the future. This is happening. Oh, God. What? Yeah. Well, clearly we didn't see all the time travelers. Yeah. Well, no, they were clearly killed by the uh, KGB. Marty, we got to go back. Something's wrong with the election. <laughs> if you were the one who time-traveled back to our year to screw this up, I'm going to find you. I have a special <laughs> set of skills. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds like Terminator talk. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and that didn't work out so well for the Terminators, did it? They came back trying to change the past, and that didn't exactly work out yeah, for them, when I go When I go back in the past as a Terminator, I have a horrible time finding an outfit that fits. 
I have uh, one more spell I can choose, and uh, there's only really one obvious one that I uh, I need to do. The uh, killing curse. And I, I need to use Avada Kedavra. Why the hell? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should do a sequel on the worst spell to choose, because that would be Avada Kedavra, because, well, ow. Well, um, hold on now. I would submit that the Crucio is worse than Avada Kedavra, because you die instantaneously with one. That's true. I, I see that. Are we really going to debate the merits of, like, the... Those curses, the unforgivable. No, I, well, I don't no, think so. I, I'm saying if I if I was going to be on the receiving end of one, I would prefer <laughs> yeah. it to be one of rather than the other. I, I almost considered point me as my choice, but then I remember that I have a phone. Yeah, I was like, dude, compass, really? So what if you can modify point me not to like be like, hey, where's True North, but like wherever, like you know, like like hey, where's the nearest Starbucks? Point me, thank you. Well, you're in Seattle. Just pick a direction. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. Like, like, so instead of it pointing to north, it becomes like a, almost like a little GPS, like, you know, on your map. You're like, hey, where's the closest, you know, grocery store near me? Or, hey, where's the closest, I don't know, Macy's near me or whatever, a movie theater. And then you could do the same thing with your wand and be like, oh, cool, thanks. I like that. But my choice is actually Expediamus. It's cool. That's Harry's favorite spell. And I choose it, and here's my logic here. I would learn Expediamus, and then I would teach it to every policeman in America. Good. And you're done. You're done. Uh, Yeah, I just think that writes itself, and that would be an amazingly altruistic use of Expediamus as a way to use nonviolence to prevent horrible situations. To be fair, that doesn't exclude, like, hand-to-hand anything, but if somebody has a knife or a gun or whatever, yeah, that would be very effective. Well, yeah, but in hand-to-hand combat, you're more likely to get a shiner than to get killed. True. I mean, there, there are exceptions to everything, but I'd rather take my chances with somebody's fist than somebody's AK-47. Yes. Just saying. Uh, so I think Experiamus would be a great choice. Uh, what do you guys think? Callie? Oh, uh, Spell is great. I Honestly, I would just do it to mess with people and just constantly shoot their <laughs> wand out of their hand. <laughs> yeah. it, um, it's, it seemed to be Harry's favorite during duels, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's like that katana kick in Mortal Kombat. You just keep hitting them over and over and over again so they can never get back up and do anything to you. <laughs> you, just, you just spam Experiamus until they give up? Basically, yeah. Well, you know, and now since since we know, and like by the by the seventh book, that like you know when you when you win when you ah, when you disarm somebody, that means you've defeated them, and then the wand's loyalty like changes, crosses over to yours. It would be very very interesting to go back through the books and to see how many times like the different wands have like been like, okay, now you're my master. Okay, now you're my master. I think that I think that's only true for the elder wand. I'm not sure if that's true for every wand. No, it is for everyone because remember that's that was the key plot thing when um, Draco disarmed Dumbledore. And yeah, but that was specifically Ron, for the Elder Wand. Ron, um, Dr- Draco, like Harry in the seventh book um, disarmed Draco again, and so that he was able to use Draco's wand, which is mm-hmm. you know because remember they had what's his name Ollivander was looking at the wands and he said that its loyalty had changed. Well, I mean, hmm. couldn't a wizard I, – I thought that you could use pretty much any wand, but just to varying degrees of effectiveness. Like, you might not be able to get yeah. the full potential out well, of – Well, true. But yeah, because Ron started off with a, a hand-me-down wand until he's finally broken. They got replaced. Right, but we're talking about the allegiance of the wand itself, almost like it mm. has its own sentience to a certain degree. Well, because- Ollivander believes that, yeah. Yeah, totally. Because like, there's some ones like you know that I think would be more resistant to different owners. I think we see that in the books and in the films. Um, but it's just I'm just saying we don't really learn about that until the very end, until the seventh seventh book. And so it'd be very interesting. It puts in a new dynamic or twist on on the previous like uses of Expelliarmus um, in in the books. You know, I love the fact that the Doctor gave Harry his wand. God, crossover. Oh my yeah. gosh. You mean? You mean David Tennant? No, John Hurt was the war doctor, so it's okay. Yeah, but David Tennant is uh, Barty Crouch. Yeah. He taught Harry so many things. Wasn't Sylvester McCoy in Harry Potter as well? No, he was in Lord of the Rings. He was. He was in the Hobbit movies, the Hobbit. Unfo- unfortunately. <clears throat> but, so we've come to our 
our typical end here on BNQ where we will choose the spell that we think is the most useful. So, or not the most useful, the one we choose as the one we want to learn. So, Ed, Colleen, Callie, and myself have all been given the opportunity to attend Hogwarts for one class only. Let's and, oh, we have, and we have chosen not to go into Defense Against the Dark Arts because we know that the professor's screwed up in the head. So, I'm going to go except, down the line and ask you what spell... Lupin. That's what I was going to say. It, which spell Lupin from Hogwarts have you now learned? Colleen, I'll start with you. Accio, because I'm on my coffee. Fair enough. Ed, what spell have you learned? <laughs> you know, it's funny that I'm going to pick her first pick, and she's picking mine, but I'm going with the apparition, because I just, the idea of it is so cool. Yeah, that's a useful one. Callie, what have you learned? I'm going to go with my my 13-year-old gut, and this is my favorite in middle school, and it's my favorite now, is Accio. It's the most handy. I'm lazy. I want everything to come to me. I like it. I like it a lot. And I think I'm going to go with Experiamus for the reason that I went into just a minute ago. Um, I think if it worked, it would make us a lot more peaceful. So there. Yeah. They're all they're all good choices. They're all good choices, which is why, listeners, it's time for you to chime in. What spell would you learn at Hogwarts? Let us know. We're on Twitter, at B&Q Podcast, where we also have an email address, bnqfeedback at gmail.com. If you send us your spell and while you've learned it, we will read it on the air. If not this season, then next season. Uh, I want to thank all three of you. Callie, thanks for a wonderful first episode. Woohoo! Yay! And we hope you'll be back I'm... on BNQ sometime in the near future. We appreciate you uh, coming on the show. Thank you so much. I, I'm really honored to be on the show. Awesome. Uh, Colleen and Ed, as always, it was a pleasure. Oh, love it, as always. Thank you very much. I'm going to apparate the subway after this and get some dinner. Nice. I'm... I'm going to ask you myself some coffee. <laughs> but before you guys do, I have one piece of business. We have to kill Jar Jar Binks. And tonight, Magically. And tonight, Jar Jar learned the spell at Hogwarts, too. He chose to learn the flying spell because he thought his ears would look good in the wind. Mm. And he flew higher and higher until he heard a slight hum. Before he realized what it was, he had been sucked into an engine of a 747. I can oh, my it. God, those four people on that plane. Oh, yeah, that's true. The plane was piloted by Sully, so it's fine. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So Jar Jar, well, let's just say that uh, he uh, hit some turbulence, and the Gungan will not make a safe landing. Jar Jar is dead, as is appropriate on B&Q, but the four of us will live on, and we will see you next week. For Ed, Colleen, and Callie, this is Josh saying good day.